There's a lot in this chapter, and I, I made a, a statement last week that I'm going to stay on for a while that I would contend for not only chapter 12 of Romans, but, well, I, I was going to say the back half of the book of Ephesians, which a good chunk of Ephesians is already in our, is already our foundational scripture. But I would contend for this chapter 12 to be a part of our leadership manual or our foundational scriptures. And why is that? As I study more of this chapter, I'm realizing that, number one, it's about dedicated service. It's all about serving. Because you get 11 chapters of doctrine from Paul, 11 chapters of, here's what the Word says. And we do that to people sometimes. They just take this Bible, this is what, this is what the Word says, all right? We're going to do it the way the Word says we're going to do it. Amen. That's a good thing, right? But it cannot be strictly all doctrine when you smack somebody in the head with the Bible, okay? There has to be an exercise of that doctrine. Does that make sense when I say that? Well, you can talk about it and know about it and have it in your mind all day long and communicate it, and you can actually communicate it really well. Oh, so well. But if there's no exercise, then it all means nothing. Who exercised it the best? Jesus Christ himself. He does not only tell us what to do, but he gives us the rubric, the... Um, the stencil, the, the exercising of the very thing that came out of his mouth. The first couple verses of this chapter are about our dedicated service to Christ, to God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's, that's a mode of operation. If Jesus is who he says he is and he told us, showed us how we're justified, um, uh, Man, I'm drawing a blank on these. <laughs> Help me out. Justified? Sanctified? All right, people, we've been hearing this every Sunday. I'm just blanking right now. And glorified. That's right. <laughs> there, we go. there we go. And then his sovereignty. We get all that, right? And then he says, therefore, be dedicated in your service towards me by presenting your body as a living sacrifice and being transformed by the renewing of your mind. But then verses 3 through 14 has the nature and the connotation in the sense of dedicated service towards one another. Do not think of yourself as too highly or more than the next. But every gift that is in every man is so important. He also says in that same comment, don't think too lowly of yourself. <laughs> don't think that you are insignificant to the point where you just don't use your gift. Because the gifts that everybody has in this room is different. It's according to a measure of faith that the Lord has given you the ability to do what you have been called to do. Does anybody else want to get up here and preach? Don't raise your hand, Beck or Rick. Do you want to get up and preach right now? Yeah. The measure of faith in you might not be to get up in front of people and preach. There's a long time where I thought that that was not my measure of faith either. But the Lord was like, beep, beep, beep. we're going to move you right in. I don't really care how you feel about it. Right? So he says there has to be an exercise of these gifts accordingly. And you know where that happens? It happens in the body. It happens towards one another. It's teaching us how to love. 
back half of that chunk of scripture as Beck was able to kind of open that up. Love without hypocrisy. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Let's act like a family. Christ adopted us into his family. We are now co-heirs to the throne. Let's act like it. Amen? And let's act like it towards each other. If it's not happening across the aisle, that's not a political statement, but if it's not happening from pew to pew, if it's not happening from husband to wife, from friend to friend, then what are we doing? Jesus Christ Fellowship, I told you this, I, I'm not a resolutioner. I am not. But 2018, you know what we're going to get real good at? Being the exact representation of Christ's bride. Loving one another according to how he said. And by this you will prove to be my disciple. That you love one another even as I have loved you. He is the rubric. He gives us an understanding of what that means. Are you with me so far this morning? Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. I said that last week. I'm going to keep saying it. You claim to be a Christian. If I claim to be a dude up here who's going to talk about the word of God, then guess what? My life has to reflect that. And I am just sick and tired of talking about it and even talking about someone who needs to stop talking about it and go being about it. Let's just go be about it. Does that make sense? Let's just go be about it. Put your money where your mouth is. You guys are like, oh, this boy's coming at us. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying, let me, let me get underneath and raise you up. You want an, an understanding of how to love one another? Go back through that, that verse 1 in chapter 12. And it brings us all the way up to verse 14. I know that I said 9 through 14, but it's 9 through 13 that is dedicated service to one another. 14 through the end of the chapter is this. Not only is 1 to 2 dedicated service to Christ, to God, 3 through 13 is dedicated service to each other. 14 through the end of the chapter is dedicated service to people outside of the faith. People outside of this church. Guess what? To people who are lost. In conjunction with also a little bit sprinkled in there, dedicated more service to one another. It has a connotation of one another and people outside of the church. And here's what these scriptures say. We are going to read through the rest of the chapter, but my emphasis today is going to be on verses 14 and 15. But here's what this says. Romans chapter 12, 14. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those, excuse me, yeah, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
and if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen on all that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay. Hypes me up. Like when you make a three-point shot, crowd says something. Hey, I just read the scripture. Y'all got to say something, right? You know, it's good. But as we jump into these two verses here, there's, I don't have enough time this morning to get through all of this. Our emphasis is going to be verses 14 and 15. I am going to talk about some other parts of this scripture a little bit. But in the following weeks, we'll be able to dig deeper into what some of this scripture is communicating to us. Up until this point, are we all good? Yeah? I like the head nodders. Said last week, I'm understanding and realizing that y'all ain't really much of talkers. You just, you know, yeah, okay. Get the head bob. But this word, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. I opened up this service by talking about receiving, right? That statement does not make sense whatsoever. In the natural, does it not? Because what we are taught, and it's, I don't even know if, if we're taught it, as much as it's our nature, our fleshly nature, and then it comes out in the media and entertainment. We see it all over the place. Uh, we see, we just see it in our nature, I guess. I don't really know how else to explain that. It's our nature that if somebody resists you, what are you going to do? Wow, see that? I'm going to resist you back. And I'll probably do it two times better than you did it to me. You hurt me? Well, guess what? I'll never let that happen again. So I'll cut you off. See, I have that in me. I don't know about you guys. But I can be unbelievably vulnerable, and maybe you guys have heard me say this before. I have that in me. You do something to hurt my family, which two dogs are a part of that family, so hey, don't mess with the dogs now. Do something to hurt one of my friends. You do something to hurt me. You do something to put somebody who I care and love about on the outside. I just, I go to a place where I'm like, if that's what you're going to do, I'll go somewhere else. That is not Jesus Christ. That is not the gospel. But what we read right here is an inconceivable way of loving. He says, bless. And the, 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 the Greek word for this, and I got to say this right, is ulego, ulegio. E-U-L-O-G-E-O. -E and I'm sure I just butchered the mess out of that. But it's broken up into two words. E-U means favor and prosperity. Favor and prosperity. And legos means to speak. I think we may have heard that Greek word from the pulpit before legos, to speak. Now what this is saying is that when somebody persecutes you, what is persecution? Persecution isn't just disagreement. Persecution is active behavior. Let me take some time to think about how I am going to make you feel crappy for what you believe. 
on what you do or how you do it. Let me go, let me put effort towards that. That's persecution. Has everybody ever put effort towards making you feel like less of a human? <laughs> I'm sure that you have felt that. That is persecution. But what he is saying in this word, bless, this makes zero sense to me. What I want you to do is in the face of somebody spitting at you, in the face of somebody saying you're not good enough, in the face of somebody taking your current situation or a past situation and labeling you in the moment by condition and not character, you're insufficient. In the face of that, He's saying, what I want you to do is I want you to speak prosperity to that person. <laughs> you know what? No. I don't want to. <laughs> like, I'm not there. I'm just not there. But guess what? In the face of being spat on with a however many hundred pound cross on his back, being chained to a log with a whip with hooks in it, exposing the flesh on this man's back. The whole time he's thinking about you and me. In the face of being said, you are not good enough to be a God in my life. In the face of even walking out of the tomb, conquering death. Do you know what he does with you and I? He speaks prosperity to you and to me. He speaks favor to his children. Oh, guys, I'm telling you, it just gives me chills to think about that. And that's why, I'm, that's why I want to encourage you guys this morning to receive that. Because it doesn't make sense. Human nature would provide for us to protect us, to insulate me, to not ever feel pain again. And we have a God in heaven who is willing to take it all. In the face of persecution, he was the one who spoke prosperity to you. So guess what we're supposed to do? Speak prosperity to one another in the face of persecution. Because guess what? Let me read this cross-reference right quick. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, Matthew 5, okay? 43 through 48. Sorry, it's a little tiny up there, but there's just a lot in it, and that's good. You should have a Bible, so I didn't even, shouldn't even have to say that. It says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. You know what that means? It means he sees everything. Nothing that's done in the dark will stay in the dark. But everything that is, that is good, I mean, he just, he brings light to everything. He shines it on all of it, the good and the bad. Um, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, I love this part, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know, what that, you know what that scripture says? It is easy to love those who love you. What, what gain do you have when somebody slides a 
big old chocolate cake across the table. Amen. You guys can do that. I just want you to know. I will give you my address. You can send whatever food you want there. And I will love you back because I love food. But is that hard? It's not hard. Man, it's all cake and candy in the honeymoon stage. Even with Christ, we get saved and all of a sudden we have this desire to just go tell everyone, everybody, this is what happened to me. I love Jesus so much. And then we realize that life continues. And in life, there's people who don't really agree with that. And they're going to make it known that they don't agree. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be bruises. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. And we get to a place where we might lose hope. We get to a place where we say, Lord, you haven't given me what I asked for. Are you real anymore? You were real back then. But are you real now? See, it's easy to love God when he's blessing and blessing and blessing. But do you love him in the moment that it doesn't seem like he's too close? Do you love him in the moment where it doesn't look like he's going to give you the very thing that your heart desires? Same thing with us and other people. It's easy for me to love my mom because she's my mom. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> love you. Okay. It's easy to do that. But how much and how easy is it to love somebody who wants to do everything they can to take your legs off from underneath you? I'll tell you what the easy thing to do is. It's to hate that person. So insulate yourself from them. It's to not be a representation of the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to walk through life easily? Or do you want to run the race? Do you want to finish the course and keep the faith? I'll tell you what, being a Christian is not for the, uh, um, the individual who, uh, how, do, how do I say this? <laughs> yes, thank you, mother. <laughs> Being a Christian is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I, I gotta, I, the reason why I stumbled is because I was going to say, being a Christian is not for the weak, but it is for the weak. <laughs> you know, I, was just, I couldn't say that, right? <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to say now? It's not, it's not for the faint of heart. Why? Because you're going to go through things. People are going to spit. People are not going to agree with you. They're just not. But what are you going to do? Are you going to speak prosperity to them? Or are we going to take it into our own hands? Because we haven't learned how to receive the love of Christ. And we're going to react out of our experiences. I'm guilty. I'm ashamed of what I've done. Just like the song says. But how can it be that this God that we serve continues to pour this love out in a manner that we are not worthy of? See, that's sobering to me. Receive that this morning. It's inconceivable. You can't wrap your, your mind around it. Stop trying. Just live it out. Are you with me this morning? Now, what happens next in these, this next verse? I believe as we get back to Romans, this verse says this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. There's an aspect of Christ dwelling in you 
that you begin to have a perspective like him. You begin to see like he sees. You begin to hear like he hears. And you begin to love like he loves. Now I'm going to rabbit trail real quick. Come right on back to that. That Christ never asks us to step out of the spirit. Ever. So when we ask the spirit to show up, there's an aspect of the body of Christ, the, the, the follower of Christ, that should be walking in it 24-7. The scripture that says this, don't quench the spirit. Because when you're in the spirit and the spirit hits, man, you love out of that right away. So when I am not in that, when I choose to walk, when I choose to step out of it like it's a waterfall and I'm just, I can't, you know, I'm in it, it's great, covered. But I can't breathe because the water, whatever, it just gets too much. Well, let me just step out real quick. Guess what? That's, when you step out, that's when you start hurting people. When you step out, that's where you start hurting you. Christ never asked you to step out of the Spirit. The question is, what are we doing to stop the Spirit from flowing? What are we doing, from, what are we doing to quench the Holy Spirit? Are you with me this morning? There's an aspect of Christ dwelling in you. That you begin to see like him, hear like him, love like him, talk like him, act like him. The question is, if he's in you and that's operating 24-7, what are we doing to quench that? That's something you guys got to ask yourself. It's something that I have to ask myself. Why do I feel it necessary to step out of the spirit? Sometimes I do it consciously. Sometimes I do it subconsciously. It doesn't matter whether you know or you don't. It's almost worse that you know that you're doing it. I would rather it be ignorance. But there's times where God's like, look, you are willingly doing this. What is wrong with you? You cannot survive without me. I'm trying to come back from this rabbit trail, all right? When you see the way he does, when you live, when you act, when you um, exercise his principles, statutes, the way he says to exercise them, you know what happens? The person who is close to you that has everything that you've ever wanted, but you don't have it yet, you know what you learn how to do? You learn to rejoice with them. You learn to lift them up. You learn to be happy in a genuine place. Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. In the heart of man, it is our nature to see somebody who has something that we don't and then either get motivated by that in a, in a bad way, saying, oh, well, now I got to get on my grind so that I can have what my neighbor has. Thou shalt not covet, right? I mean, the back end of that is thy neighbor's wife, but thou shalt not covet, period. Let's just leave it right there. If he is in you, he, he comes out and if my brother's got everything that I've ever wanted and I don't, and I'm not even close to it, I should be rejoicing. I should be rejoicing. It, it, it brings us to a place in handling one another and also handling people outside of the church that it's, it's, it's evangelical in nature. Why is this person so happy for me? They have nothing. I have everything. I almost want to go into the room and say, oh, well, I don't have what I have because I don't want to make you feel bad. Stop it. That's not on you. It's on me to rejoice with those who rejoice. But guess what else? It's on me to weep with those who weep. 
it's easy to be around each other when it's great. But the moment somebody, and I had to learn this, the moment somebody called me when I'm stepping into the senior pastor role, it's 2, 2 in the morning, somebody's got an issue, I, can, I could scream the call. <laughs> but that would be selfish in nature. That would be putting myself on the throne rather than Christ. That would be not weeping when people weep, not being willing to weep when somebody is going through it. That's another piece that communicates the gospel of Christ. It doesn't make sense, but those are the things that we do to each other outside of the church, inside of the church, that bring us closer to Christ. I tell you what, I want people in this room who are converts and not people from other churches. But if you're from another church, guess what? Come on in. Like, I'm not saying don't come here. You guys have heard me say that plenty of times. Please, keep coming back. We need you. But is my life aiding in evangelism, in bringing someone to Christ? Or is it giving them a representation of Christ's bride that is not healthy? Now, see, I hear my dad talk about my mom quite a bit, in a good way, okay? In a good way. But what he says is this, like, all of you guys in here know that she is my dad's woman. He says to me quite often, and he taught me this growing up, you just don't let anybody talk about your wife that way. You don't just let anybody touch your wife. You don't. And if it happens, brother, basically go to jail. Heads will roll. Right? How much more is Christ like that with his body? You can't just come in here and say what you want to say about her. You also can't come in here and just act the way you want to act. All right? He's saying, I need this woman to be exactly who I've asked her to be. I've needed, I need you and I, everybody in this church, to be the bride of Christ. Why? So that we can go out there and show people how beautiful she is. Are you with me today? Our purpose is to receive so that we can give. Our purpose is to understand really how much Christ loves us so that we can go out and show the world the exact representation of that. I'm not talking about a, a, a healthy second. I'm talking about the it. Bless those who curse you. Speak prosperity on those who don't want to do that. But I'm going to say this, ladies and gentlemen, as I, as I kind of close. As we get ready for our offering, I would call the worship team back up. But I'm the only dude. <laughs> Do you speak prosperity to yourself? See, receiving this love is a lot about you learning how to bless yourself as well in conjunction. This word bless in the Greek, eulegos. The first part of it meaning prosperity. The second part of it meaning to speak. Stop persecuting yourself. And when you do, speak prosperity to your own heart. That you are not a second class citizen. You are a child of God. And that he has not forgotten about you. He hasn't. We have made done, may have done things to ourselves and in our own situation that cause us to stumble. Cause us 
to have a road that's not quite as smooth as we would want. But that doesn't mean Christ has given up on you. Speak prosperity to yourself. There is everything that Christ, well, how do I say this? Everything that he has made you to be already resides in you. What are we doing to quench that? This morning I'm saying, come out. All that is Jesus and Cheyenne, I'm telling you, come on. This church needs you. This church needs you back there, Caleb. Going crazy on the drums. Kevin and your wife. Josie. I wish I could get to everybody. Just because I don't say your name doesn't mean we don't need you. All right? All that is Christ within you, come out. Speak prosperity. Let that be known. Are you with me this morning? Let's pray for this offering and we'll see what the Lord wants to do at the end of this with the end of this service. Father, God, I thank you so much for who you are. And Lord, just how you you leave nothing up to question. You tell us what to do and then you tell us how to do it. Father, we are uh, a body that just wants to do it the right way and do it your way. And so this morning, Lord, as we step into this time of, of giving, we want to do it your way and not ours. And your way would lend to giving with a joyful heart. Your way would lend to releasing to you what is already yours. And so this, this morning as we, we take up this offering, I pray that um, there's prosperity in it. That we bless you with what we're doing. That there's favor in it, Father, that we bless you with what we're doing. And that you would also bless the offering so that we can win this city, Father. Not that it's, it's, it's monetary in nature, but Father, um, we do know that you are a provider. And Father, we, we, we stand strong on that. So we love you. We thank you. We need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can go ahead and pass that. So as we close this morning, there's always an opportunity to respond. Always. I'm going to say this real quick. Maybe you have no idea what this inconceivable love may look like. Those of you who know Christ and have accepted, accepted, accepted him into your life know that you're capable of it. But maybe you're not operating in it. Maybe there's some people in here who've never given their life to the Lord but want to take that step so that they can be a part of experiencing what this inconceivable love is. So here's what we'll do. Let's pray right quick and then we'll close this service. But I want to give an opportunity for our hearts to respond uh, to this word. Father, I just thank you for, for what you do. And, and, and God, if there's anything that has moved somebody's heart in this service to give their life to me for the first time, God, I pray that we would give room for that. They've come to a realization, Lord, that they can't do it by themselves. 
sin is something that has created a gap between this inconceivable love and your heart. Father, we're just sick and tired of doing what Father, if you move on anybody in this room, give, dedicate their life to you for the first time, the first time. the sermon was for you, but it, it kind of affected me in a deep place. Last week, there was a, a word that was given um, prophetically from, from, from Tony Wilson. Was anybody here for that? Anybody remember that? The, the revival revolution was kind of the underlining. Man, it knocked me out. It was a good, good, good word for me. Today in our culture, our ideologies divide us. Blue or red, Republican, Democrat, black, white, rich, poor, the chasm of philosophy or worldview is widening. Man, it's getting, it has become polar. And the, and the bridge between the two is, is debate. It's intelligence. It's power. It's I'm going to convince you that, that you are wrong and I am right. I'll tell you what, church, that does something to the man's heart. It turns it cold. It does. It becomes a, it becomes a war of intelligence or an intellectual battlefield that, that, that though doesn't make us bleed or make us necessarily lose our life, we are, we are dying inside. Man, we are, we are, we are scarred internally. revolution is a revolt from a standard. Man, the status quo doesn't look like weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice. I I'll tell you what, it looks more like rejoicing when your enemies weep. And it looks like weeping when our enemies rejoice. It's the other way. And I know in our heart, at least in mine, I must confess that there are times when I've, I've felt that way. If you don't think like me, you don't believe like me, and you have an open microphone or a big mouth, man, I am against you. And when you get something great, I can't, I can't rejoice alongside of you because I, my pride wants it too. I want to revolt from the status quo. The revolution that Christ brought was bringing grace to the world. The Lord says that He gives freely His grace. He's given it to us. 
This has hit me this week. Did you know that when Jesus came, it says that he was God incarnate, meaning in flesh, in meat. He was, he was God in the flesh. When he died and rose again and ascended to heaven, he's still God incarnate. The grace of God is in you and me. And I believe it's the very thing that is necessary to spring up a revolution. To revolt from the status quo that is killing our society. That is polarizing our people. That is segregating and demoralizing and excommunicating human beings. I believe that there's a grace that satisfies those gaps. Bridges them together. There's something the Lord can do to our heart that doesn't make us weep for those who weep because we have to be Christians and we just work really hard at it. It's fake tears. It's the worst. But there's something that the grace of God can do to your heart and to mine as a response today that would lead us to weep. We would be drawn in by Him to rejoice when, those, when others rejoice. And it would cause a revolution. It would be something different in the earth than what we see. To be countercultural, it doesn't mean you need to wear leather and smoke cigarettes and drive motorcycles. Everybody does something like that. To be truly countercultural is to be in opposition of sin. We need God's grace to do that. But I'm calling for those who want to join the revolution. And the only way you can join, man, is this, is this adjustment in your heart. It needs to come from the Holy Spirit. He has to work on you. And you have to allow him. You do. Because Pastor Alex is right. Man, this, this is the essence of the practical lived out Christianity, not just to the church, but to the world. Man, if that's you, if you want to join the revolution, if you have a confession about rejoicing when others weep or something of the effect, man, I ask, man, come up to this altar, bow your knee before the Lord and ask him to adjust your heart. Let him work on you so that we can no longer be intellectual warriors. It's so dumb. It's, it's feeble. And maybe we could be something more. Maybe, just maybe, we could actually be the people that God will use to change the world. I'm going to pray real quick and then uh, uh, see if there's a response from the body. Lord, I just thank you today for the sermon, for the word that you put on our pastor. Lord, for the, for the eloquence by which it was spoke, Lord. And that um, I pray for the uh, thanksgiving in thanksgiving for the receiving hearts in the room. Lord, this was, this was a message for all of us. But Lord, I, I am so thankful that I was here today personally for it. I pray that uh, your spirit would continue to move. In Jesus' name, amen. The song is going to begin, and if you feel led, man, I pray that you would, you would come up and, and, and join the revolution.
pushing, I ain't moving back. Learn my lesson, now I'm done with all that. New ways call for better days. Wipe out, but you gotta learn to ride the wave. I've had my whole world change over a phone call. What can happen, we really don't know. All that matters is that you don't fall. Keep pushing on and on. I'm good. Two dollars in my pocket, I'm good. They trying to get me caught up, I'm good. And I ain't never going back, cause I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And if they want it, they can get it, I'm good. Tell them, man, I'm coming with it, I'm good. And if they think that I'ma quit it, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Man, I'm good. Sometimes I get fed up, fed up. But you gotta get 